Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to, to Genesis Church. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, thank you. I don't know if you guys have gotten the chance to meet Kevin Russell and his wife Paige yet. Kevin, will you put your hand? No, let's go old school. You guys stand up for us real quick. Let's give Kevin and Paige a big hand. Kevin is our new Connections pastor uh, over both campuses. And if you've got, not gotten to know them yet, grab them this morning. Tell them your name and expect them to remember it next week, okay? I, uh, I got the pleasure of helping Kevin and Paige move some of their stuff in yesterday, and they own the biggest beanbag chair known to man. So you may want to invite yourself over to their house sometime to have a seat in that. But Kevin and Paige, it's good to have you guys and to be on staff with you, Kevin. Hey, this morning, if you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You can just hold your place there. If you don't own a Bible, um, we would love to give you one. You can go out these back doors to our info hub, and the fine folks there would, would uh, love to give you a Bible for you to keep for your own. And, uh, you know, before we just move right on ahead, let me just say, it's so good to be back. Uh, it really is so good to be back here. If we haven't met yet, my name is Ben. I'm the campus pastor here at the Noblesville campus of Genesis Church. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background, if we haven't met, I served on staff here from 2003 to, to about the end of 2010 when my wife and I felt called to move to Michigan, to Bronson, Michigan, to partner with a friend and a ministry up there to help through some ministry transitions and leadership transitions at that church. And uh, if you heard me speak at Carmel back in March, this is going to be a little bit of repeat info for you, but, but to maybe help you understand the move that we made and, and the difference between Noblesville and Bronson, I like to use an illustration from the movie Cars. Now, my uh, four-year-old son, Josiah, loves that movie Cars, and I like to say that we moved from the land of Lightning McQueen, where everything is shiny and fast-paced and exciting, to the land of Mater the tow truck, okay, where things are a little bit slower, a little bit rusted out, and quite honestly, pretty rednecked, okay? And I say that with absolute love for the people that we served up there, and they would have a big smile on their face right now if they heard me say that. They wear it with pride. Uh, but we went from rush hour traffic to sitting in our living room and watching Amish buggies roll by, okay? That was the difference between here and Bronson. And God used that time to, to grow us, and hopefully he used us to, to grow that church. But when Paul called and said, hey, we're looking at, at hiring a, a campus pastor for the Noblesville campus, my heart just jumped inside of me to be back at a church we love and, and with people we love and leadership that we love and, and trust. So thank you for having us back. It's so good to be here. Well, last week, our lead pastor, Paul Mumaw, started a new series titled Getting Past Your Past. And the premise of this whole series is the understanding that we all have things in our past uh, that we wish we weren't a part of. We, we regret those things. There may be past mistakes, past choices we made, things that we've said or done uh, that we wish we hadn't been a part of. And Paul pointed out that regardless of how we feel about those past choices, we can't change them. We can't go back and change the past. But the good news is this, that while we can't change our past, Christ can change our future. And so we looked at, at 2 Corinthians 5.17, uh, and, and this is the key verse for us in this series. Let's read it together. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And that's good news, because it means that if you are in Christ, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, then there is freedom to be had from your past, and we can be made new. Now, last week was specifically about moving away from uh, or moving beyond those past mistakes. This morning, I want to talk to you about something uh, that is often 
a byproduct of those past mistakes. And we're going to talk this morning about getting past labels. Now, how do we get past an image of, that others have of us or, or maybe even that we have of ourselves? That's what I want to talk, today, talk about today. How do we get past labels? Now, when you walked in this morning, everyone should have received one of these. Does everybody have a hello, my name is name tag? If you don't, and if you would put your hand in the air right now, uh, our host team will, will find you and give you one. Everyone's going to need one of these, but I'm going to ask you right now not to do anything with this, okay? Don't put your name on it. Don't write kick me and stick it on the shirt of the person in front of you. Just hang on to it for now. So if, if you've already uh, defaced yours, you can put your hand in the air and get a new one. We're going to do something with that later on. But we're talking about labels, and labels aren't always bad. I know for a fact that some of you own a label maker, and some of you love your label makers. Anyone here this morning willing to admit that they love their label maker? Yeah, I knew there was some of you here, okay? And you've got labels on everything. Every shelf, every drawer, every Rubbermaid container has its label, right? Everything is in its place. There's a place for everything, and, and it's nicely marked. And that can be helpful. Labels can help us keep organized. It's also something that you might need professional help for down the road, okay? Some of you take it just a little bit too far. But hey, you always know where your spoons are, right? Spoon drawer. It's got a label. We also know that labels are sometimes useful in helping to identify a certain person or a character, Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to say the beginning of a name and see if you can, can finish it for me. If I were to say Billy the Kid, sure, and here he is, Billy the Kid. What if I said Oscar the Right, Oscar the Grouch. We all know and love him. How about this one? Buffy the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, of course. And how about this? Winnie the Pooh. How'd you like to have that label attached to you for the rest of your life, right? Like, hey, there's Krauss the Pooh, or... No, there goes Moomaw the Poo, right? That one's actually not bad. But labels are sometimes useful, right? They can help us sort things out, and they can help us keep things in order. They can help us identify who it is we're talking about. But labels can sometimes also outlive their usefulness, okay? When a label is applied for too long, uh, it, it no longer is helpful or useful. I wonder how many of you uh, parents out there have left church on a Sunday and later in your day you found one of these, a gin kids label stuck to your pants or to your shirt. And, and the first thing you think is, man, how long have I been wearing this? You know, you start thinking about all the places that you've been. You went to Walmart, you went to lunch, you went to your friend's house, and the whole time you've been wearing your gin kids label. You know, it's outlived its usefulness. You don't need it anymore and it no longer applies. Folks, the problem with many of us is that though we are new creations in Christ, we continue walking around wearing labels that don't apply anymore. They're no longer accurate or useful for describing who we are, and yet we just keep on wearing them. They've almost become a part of us. And I wonder what label you might be wearing this morning. I wonder what label you might have come in here with. I, I want you to think about this. What is it that's defining you right now? That label that, that just seems to keep sticking with you. You know, maybe it's a, a label that says guilty. Or, or maybe it's a label that, that says unworthy or, or hypocrite. Maybe your label says ugly or sinner. Maybe you wear the label of divorced or adulterer or unlovable. You know, the thing about labels is that if you wear one long enough, it, it kind of starts to, to invade your identity, and we start to operate as if it's true. 
You know, everyone thinks I'm an addict anyway. I, I might as well act like one. And my dad always said I was a failure, so I'm not even going to try. Or my boyfriend, he said he didn't love me anymore, so I must not be beautiful or worthy of love. I'm just going to treat myself like I'm worthless. And you can see how we start to believe these labels and to live as though they are our true identity. So I'd like you to do something for me right now, just inside your own head. I want you to think of that one label, just one label that you would really like to be done with this morning. You don't have to share it with anyone around you, just keep it to yourself. But what is it? What's that one label that's stuck around just a little too long and that you'd really like to be done with? And let me say this, it, if you're struggling to come up with a label this morning, and maybe you were with us, you know, last week, and you've already experienced freedom from things in your past and freedom from these labels, man, glory to God for that. That is awesome. But if you find yourself thinking, man, this series just really isn't for me, I want to challenge you this morning that, that these words may not be specifically for you, but God may have put someone in your life who you can come alongside and you can walk down some roads that you've already been down and you can lead into some victory that you have already found. At Genesis Church, we are all about apprenticing and discipling others into the victory and the freedom that we have already found. So maybe that's why you're a part of this series. And who is it that maybe God has put into your life that you can help find that same freedom and that same victory? But if you have a label in your head right now, if you've been able to identify one, can you just kind of nod your head at me so I know that you're tracking with me this morning? Okay, thank you. I, I think most of us can think of something there. And I believe that if there is a label that you need to get past, uh, I think it can happen today, or at least it can start to happen today. In fact, that may be the very reason why you find yourself at Genesis Church this morning, because God wants to get you past that old label. He has something brand new for you. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 is so emphatic when it says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Look at the beginning of that verse. Look at how it starts. You see that word anyone? You know what that word literally is translated to from the Greek text? It literally is translated to anyone, okay? <laughs> it's not a real brain buster. It, it, it's anyone. And you may be sitting there right now thinking, yeah, but you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what others think of me and the labels that have been stuck to me. Listen, if you are anyone and you are in Christ, then you can be made new, okay? And I want to say that again because Satan is going to tell you the exact opposite. He's going to tell you that this applies to everyone else but not to you because of your specific situation. It's not true. If you are anyone and you are, then this applies to you. If you're in Christ, you can be made new. Okay, it means that no matter what that old label says, God has something new for you. No matter how accurate that label may seem, God has something new for you. No matter what people have said about you or what your reputation is, God has something new for you. And no matter who you used to be or how you used to live, God has something new for you and you can be a new creation. The old you is gone, all the sin, all the past mistakes, they're washed away. And God has something new for you. It starts with this. If you're taking notes, you can write this down, that God is going to give you a new name. In the book of Isaiah, God is talking through the prophet Isaiah to his people, and he says this, you will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow, a new name. Now, we see this happening a lot in the Old Testament where God takes someone and then gives them a new name. 
Let me just give you a couple of examples, and if you've been tracking with Genesis Church through the Old Testament, these are probably going to seem familiar to you. But in the book of Genesis, we meet a couple named Abram and Sarai, and they're well up in years, and they haven't been able to have any kids. In fact, the Bible says of Sarai that she was well beyond childbearing years, okay? Having kids at this point, it's not even on her radar, And yet God takes Abram and he says, I'm going to give you so many kids, so many ancestors that you're not even going to be able to count them all. They're going to be like the sand on the sea or the stars in the sky. And with that promise, God gave Abram and Sarai both a new name. Abram became Abraham, which means father of many. And Sarai became Sarah, which means princess of the multitude. And God gave them new names. A little farther along in the book of Genesis, we meet Abraham's grandson, Jacob. And Jacob had a twin brother named Esau who was born just ahead of him. And the account tells us that as Esau was coming out, that Jacob was actually grasping at his heel as if to try to pull him back in. And his name, Jacob, in Hebrew, it literally means the one who grasps the heel. And and figuratively, it would have been understood as deceiver or trickster kind of like we might say now, you know, you're just pulling my leg, right? And isn't it interesting that Jacob's original identity of deceiver was given to him by his own parents? I mean, can you imagine naming your child that? You know, you've had this newborn baby, and and you're out at Walmart, and somebody walks by, and they're just admiring, and you know, what a beautiful baby. What's his name? Well, that's deceiver, you know? (laughs) That's a little baby deceiver. We were really struggling with what the name was going to be. We thought maybe Timmy or Bobby, but we just really like deceiver. Rolls off your tongue. Who would do that, right? Who, who would give their child that name? But as we read Jacob's story, we can see that his life was marked by that label. I mean, he really lived up to the fullness of it. And in a very similar way, some of you may have been given a label by your own parents. Some of you were told things when you were growing up that have shaped you and marked you and you have yet to overcome. And the scary thing and the reality may be that some of you now as parents are now transferring those same labels onto your own kids and you don't even know it's happening. Just last weekend in the Indianapolis Star, there was an article about how how so many young girls, I'm talking six, seven, eight, nine-year-old girls, are just really struggling with their body image. And, you know, we think, well, you know, that makes sense because of media. You look at at TV and movies and magazines and Miley Cyrus at the VMA Awards, and it's natural to see why young girls would be struggling with, you know, healthy body image. But the article very interestingly stated that, that most girls get their poor body image not from the media, but from their own mothers. And it's not from moms who are intending to be cruel or mean. It's from moms who struggle with their own body image. And so they say things like, I'm so fat. You know, this this outfit, it just makes me look gross. I need to lose some weight. And moms, when you say those kinds of things in front of your daughters, they are hearing that and then attaching those labels to themselves. If you are a parent here this morning, like I am a parent, I want to caution us all against the label that we may be unknowingly giving to our kids, the name that we may believe to be true about ourselves that is now being handed down. And can you see why this issue of getting past labels is so important? 
Well, in Jacob's story, he was known as the deceiver, and he lived up to that label. But later, we see that God steps in, and he gives Jacob a new name. Jacob's new name is Israel, and it means wrestles with God, or God will prevail. And in the same way that God bestowed these new names on Abram and Sarai and Jacob, when you become a new creation in Christ, God has a new name for you. The old has gone, the new has come. And though I can't specifically tell you what name Jesus has for you, I can tell you what it sounds like because it's all over Scripture. Your new name, it sounds like hope. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. Your new name, it sounds like strength and courage. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1, 9. Your new name, it sounds like beauty. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Ecclesiastes 3, 11. Your new name, it sounds like overcomer. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. That's 1 John 5, 4. Folks, don't believe what that old label says about you, but believe that you are who God says you are. His promises and his word are true. And though you may not feel worthy of your new name at first, I want to tell you that God's spirit alive inside of you will help you grow into that new name. And over time, it'll seem more and more natural. And that old label, it won't even seem to fit at all. God's going to give you a new name, but he doesn't stop there. He's also going to give you a new purpose. God will give you a new purpose. And we see him do this over and over again in his word. One of my favorite examples is a fisherman named Simon. Now, it's one of my favorite examples because I'm a fisherman too. And so I relate with Simon on a lot of levels. But Simon wore a lot of labels. He was unpredictable. He was wishy-washy. He was hot-headed. And the list goes on. But when Jesus finds him, he gives him a new purpose in life. And he says, Simon, I know you're a fisherman but I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Okay, you're no longer going to fish for fish. You're going to fish for people. And for the rest of your life, you're going to help people find their way back to me. And much like Abram and Jacob, along with his new purpose, came a new name. Check it out. Matthew 16, verses 15 through 17. Jesus had just asked his disciples, you know, who are other people saying that I am? And then he turns to Simon and he asks him directly in verse 15, he says, But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So Jesus turns to Simon and he says, I'm giving you a new name and a new purpose. And Simon's new name, Peter, it literally means rock. And Jesus tells him, you know, Peter, you're the rock that I'm going to build my church on. You're the one. Now let me ask you, if you know Peter's story well, was he a rock from this point forward? He wasn't. No way. I mean, think about in the Garden of Gethsemane, when the guards are coming to arrest Jesus. Peter's the one who instantly turns to violence, draws his sword, and slices off the guard's ear. You know, just before Jesus uh, is to be tried. Peter's just told Jesus, you know, I'll never, I'll never betray you. Peter doesn't betray Jesus just once. He betrays him three times. And then after Jesus has been crucified and buried, we find Peter has left the call that Jesus has put on his life to fish for men, and he's gone back to fishing for fish. But all along the way, Peter was growing into his new name and into his new purpose. 
And we find in the book of Acts that it's Peter preaching the good news of Jesus. And 3,000 people came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that day. And Peter had come back from fishing for fish to being a fisher of men. You know, Scripture does not speak to this. But tradition holds that at the end of Peter's life, he was set to be crucified. And because he did not feel worthy to die in the same manner as Christ, Peter requested to be crucified upside down. Folks, Peter was not born a rock. He didn't grow up a rock. But Peter died a rock as God grew him into his new name and his new purpose. And the same is true for anyone that is in Christ. God is going to give you a new name, and with that new name will come a new purpose. I wonder what that purpose is for you. What is it that God has put on your heart and uniquely gifted you to do that maybe those old labels are holding you back from? You know, don't let them hold you back anymore. They no longer have significance. The old labels are gone. The new name and the new, new purpose has come. You are not what others say about you. You are who God says you are. You've been given a new name and a new purpose. And you know what? He's also going to give you a new future. God will give you a new future. You know, it seems like so many people are pessimistic about their future. I think we have a tendency to, to look at our past and to let those old labels define not only who we are, but who we're going to be. And we say things like, you know, I'll never get out of debt. I, I'm always going to be alone. I, I'm always going to have this pain or I'll never be a success. I'm never going to have a good marriage. People, I think it's offensive to God when we think and talk like this because I believe that out of our greatest weakness, God can gain the greatest glory. In fact, those old labels might even be the foundation of your new future in Christ. I love the way David puts it in Psalm 51. You remember David the guy who committed adultery and then committed murder to cover up the fact that he committed adultery? I think David had some labels to overcome, don't you? But listen to what he says in Psalm 51. It's his psalm of repentance to the Lord. And starting in verse 10, he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He's begging the Lord to make him new and to purify him. And then he says this, Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. And do you hear David's new purpose in there? Do you hear his new future? He says, Restore me and I'm going to teach sinners your ways. He doesn't sit around saying, you know, I'm an adulterer and a murderer. I'm probably always going to be an adulterer and a murderer. My life's over. I have no future. No, he says, my future will be marked not by these past labels, but by teaching others the ways of God. Listen, whatever you've gone through, whatever choices you've made or whatever labels you've endured, God can use that to bring hope to others. And it may not happen immediately. In fact, in a lot of cases, it probably shouldn't happen immediately. There may be some healing that needs to happen in your heart. There may, may need to be some transformation that the Spirit does inside of you so that eventually God can use your past for His glory. You know, if you've struggled with addiction, maybe God's future for you is to help others find freedom. 
if you've been labeled because of your weight, maybe God's future for you is to help others find self-worth and love. If you struggle with debt, listen, maybe God is gonna give you such a heavy burden for the stewardship of the things that he has blessed you with that you will then go and take that and teach others the ways of God. Whatever that old label says of you, out of that weakness, God can give you a new future because he is in the business of reconciliation and he has invited us followers of Jesus Christ, to partner with him in the ministry of reconciling others to himself. Look just a little bit farther down in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You know, we just read about becoming a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And then it says this, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. People, this is what Genesis Church has been about for over 10 years now. The mission has never changed. It's always been about helping people find their way back to God. And this church is full of people, none of whom have, have a perfect past, but people who have found freedom and have become a new creation and are now committed to helping others find that same freedom and hope and newness in their lives. That's the future that Christ has for those uh, who are in him. He'll give you a new name. He'll give you a new purpose and he'll give you a new future. I want to ask you to do something this morning. I want you to take out that name tag that we talked about earlier, and I want you to think back to that, that one label that you had in mind, the, the one that you most wanted to get rid of. Whatever that label is, I want to ask you to write it on this name tag. And I know that that might be awkward for some of you, uh, but this is between you and God. Don't be looking at what your neighbor's writing. In fact, if you don't want to write it on here, you can just put an X, you can put a frowny face, or whatever symbol you want to use to represent that label. God knows what it is. But I want you to write it down. And, and as you're doing that, I want to share with you a song that has been significant to me in my life and on my journey of getting past labels. You know, the message is so simple, but it's so fitting for what we're talking about this morning. So as you're thinking about those labels and writing them down, I just want you to listen to these words.